0: warning here, um, this episode may contain some bad words. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, near to your children, or something like this, be careful. So um, I'm sorry, I, I will keep yep. your asking on UI tests. Yep. It's important. Absolutely. So you're hitting some real servers with UI tests. And let me pause, please. Uh, guys, let's divide yep. this episode so this yep. will be part one. And okay. now yep. it's part two. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so let me let me repeat the question. <laughs> so your <laughs> UI tests are hitting some real backend servers, right? Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically uh, yeah, we wanna we wanna um, we thought about having like a fake API, especially because what I what I mentioned before about all these conditions that happen and make your test battery flaky. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: For instance, when you have like networks, networking errors and and so forth, there's nothing that you can do with that. And so we thought many times about like having, I don't know, a fake um, API. But yeah, the, the thing is like in the end you're not, Testing against uh, real data, and you will have to maintain that, right? You have to, like, if there is any change in the real API, then then those changes must be reflected on your fake API, right? Right. Um, so, so in the end, we said, all right, let's try to deal with um, with with flakiness as much as we can. I think everyone has flakiness in in UI tests. We, we have seen so many talks, and we have talked to so many people about and uh, about it, and this is a, a real problem, and, and it's very difficult to to have, like, a, a 100% reliable uh, test battery without flaking it, uh, especially when it comes to UI tests, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and basically that's the reason why I'm actually against hitting any real API, because... I mean, you're not supposed to test backend, right? They have their own tests for that unit and functional and integration, whatever. And why why do we have to test them? The only configuration I I can give green light to is if you can run uh, like whole Um, backend infrastructure in some container like virtual machine or docker image Mm -hmm. or something like this per test suite so you won't have like you know concurrency problem for example if uh, two PRs are building at the same time and they will use same credentials of a test user they are going to have some problems and Mm -hmm. only if you can isolate backend infrastructure in some container like Thing and that's the only configuration I accept when you can hit like real server. Yeah. Otherwise, I I'm fully for only for mocking server at some you know level HTTP or probably repositories like you know you can mock retrofit or something like this to achieve that. But that's that's my point.
1: Yeah, no, and and it's completely valid and and probably it's a good idea and it's something that uh, we need to think about it. Uh, I, I have to say also that you know the fact that you're hitting the real API might let you discover uh issues in your in your client too. Like for that, instance that's true. That's I don't true. know if, you, if if for instance, yeah. And but that's the thing, you know, there's like uh downsize and, and upsize too and 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 usually you know we have to balance and for us it's been working so far, but Again, it's, it's about evolving our, our um, testing infrastructure. And, and we many times had uh, discussions around it, like whether or not we should hit the API, especially when there's, there are times that we are struggling a lot with, with uh, flakiness again, because that's, that for me is the main problem. And, um, and, and there are so many conditions and we need you know, specific users to test certain f- functionalities too. And, and and that's why um yeah we, we probably need to reconsider uh, or maybe uh, we also thought about like having part of them hitting the api and and on the other hand you know all the tests that might be i don't know uh might attack you know a fake um <laughs> api so i don't know it's it's just it's it's really uh it's really an, an, a nice point uh, i think it, it it might raise a lot of discussions around it, and I'm, I'm definitely up for for you know get some thoughts and feedback and input around it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is that it's very hard to test like negative cases with real server. For example, I don't know request failed or um, bad response or bad request or something like this, which is it's basically yeah. very hard to um, <laughs> like pre set up. Uh, backend state to to test some state in the app. So, yes. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, right. You're you're right. I mean, the what we usually do since we have uh, offline content too, we basically develop uh, like a a very um, small utility which let us you know turn on and off over Wi-Fi, and and it lets us you know to set up or devices in in such a way that let us test whatever we want to test. And, uh, for instance, we can turn on and off uh, Wi-Fi, we can put, uh, I don't know, airplane mode and so forth. And that happens at a a configuration level, like on the CI, with this bunch of tests, you know, must use this profile and so forth. But, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's very difficult to have every single case covered and and i think that this this is super nice because you know uh, of course we need we we must automate as, as much as we can but then you know if you have for instance a group of beta testers that that's very valuable too and and we rely a lot of, uh, on them as well because when whenever we are shipping a new version of our app we just put a, a beta on uh, google plus and we have around 4000 beta testers and and i found them like very committed to to our product, and they they we get really really nice uh, feedback and input. But of course, you know it takes some time to to reach this amount of users. Um, and and if you if you are able to make them, you know, uh, committed to to your product, uh, it's 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 super nice. It's super nice, and and you can you can discover a lot of issues in in your in your in your app, and for instance, you know, build a better product, right? Which is, in the end, the purpose of all this
0: Yeah, because it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you give some so, credits to users, like internal points or something, who are better users? Uh,
1: uh, well, not really. How do you keep uh, them
0: motivated?
1: I mean. Uh, we 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 try to to be very close to them and to listen to them uh, all the time. We actually have uh, certain people that is our community uh, team that you know takes care of all the community staff related. So we try to be very close. Um, I, I think that's that's uh, that's super important. And if you if you listen to them, if you get their feedback. Um, you have no idea how many features came out of uh, ideas <laughs> from 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 the beta community, uh, and and it's crazy, it's crazy. But you know, to be honest, uh, I think it's not easy to have those amount of users, and we don't have many, but still, like it's a it's a very big number, uh, and it takes time, uh, and it takes time to to uh, you know to have them, and especially. <laughs> Uh, most of the time, I remember in the in the early days uh, when we started. I mean, no one would give any feedback. But then, you know, you start like little by little, step by step, and then. And nowadays, we are pretty happy with with our community, and just to keep them motivated, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, do you guys do you guys have any any like that? Anything like that? Like a community of beta users. How do you test your apps? Do you ship them internally? Um, I, I would definitely love to to have your thoughts on on this topic.
2: We have some, not on yeah. Of course, we internally test uh, our apps, but we have a little QA team which is not inside of our company. It's an external partner which does some yeah testing, no. but we don't release that often or. The, yeah, that regularly as you do, and um, so yeah, it All takes right. about one or one and a half month to 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 make a new uh, release to the Play Store. But we don't have better users, unfortunately, uh, mm. like you, the, your, you have. Yeah. All what right. about
0: you, Artem? Um So I would speak only for Juna for now. So we have, we we did started with uh, Google Play's beta, and. At, at that point of time, it it was still like, you know, bad user experience, like you had to join some Google group or something, which is recently was changed that you can actually install beta right from the Google Play as far as I understand, which is really great. But uh, we found that um, using rollout release, like, you know, when you set some percentage yep. actually works great for us. So. Whenever we have a release, we just release it for—I I don't remember precise numbers, but ten yep. percent for the first yep. day. Like it's if every every metrics goes okay, thirty percent for next day, and one hundred percent for like third day. It's it's usual scheme for us. Works really great. Um, usually we try to do each release each each two weeks. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. It looks like we don't really need beta outside Mm -hmm. of the company. Internally, we do next thing. So every night we, we build current development branch and ship it to the Slack channel. So every, everybody in the company who interested in builds for Android, they can join this channel and just click download right from the Slack and install it on the phone, which is pretty nice. And you can skip it easily and and uh, we are adding the changelog to the to the message in the slack so it really looks good and you understand what's going on so that's that's how we manage this
2: oh that's that's interesting actually um, which which build server which infrastructure are you using at, at your company I mean you have to have a slack plugin you have to have a Google Play beta plugin to publish it automatically, right? So what kind of infrastructure are you using at Juno and SoundCloud? Yeah,
1: Artem, yeah. Uh, you go?
2: Or? No,
0: I, I want to hear about SoundCloud.
1: Okay, cool. So basically, um, we're using Jenkins. Uh, it's like a vitamin Jenkins full of plugins, as you know. <clears throat> it's uh, over, uh, yeah, our CI pipeline, it's again, it's very mature. Uh, we don't we we don't like uh, have any contact with Google Play. In the end, uh, I can give you like like a quick explanation of how our release process goes. If you're interested oh, do. in please that,
0: do. yeah,
1: yeah. Sure. So um, so basically, uh, we assign uh, uh, two re- two release captains, and those persons are going to be responsible for. For that train departing, let's say, in fifteen days, so there is a, a little meeting. Uh, we we are of course we are rotating, so all of us, you know, at some point are gonna be uh, release captains, and so at at that point we have a, a like what we call um, a release uh, launch meeting or something like that. I don't remember specifically, but it's a meeting which basically consists of a bunch of people interested in features, like it could be project managers and product managers, and the two release captains. So at that point is when we decide which features go in and which don't. So um, and the release captain uh, responsibility is not to decide in terms of product, of course. It's more uh, about deciding if the feature is ready and if we can turn on and off our uh, feature flags. So once that happens, uh, we just establish like a a code freezing uh, day. So which is basically in this window of two weeks, basically the the third day actually is when we say, all right, guys, we have two or three days to establish everything, to, to stabilize, sorry, everything and um, because code freezing is happening on tuesday or th- wednesday let's mm-hmm. say and um, basically once uh, um, the release happens, you know when it comes to code freezing it's going to we have a release branch of course so we're going to the first thing to do is we have a, a, a checklist of course and the first thing that's going to happen is you merge a master into release and enable all the feature flags that were that we agreed on this meeting. And once that happens, we're gonna wait for a green bill, of course, with all the acceptance tests, unit tests and checks passing on release branch. And from there on we're gonna work on release on the release branch. Everything everything that we wanna fix or add or whatever, not new functionalities of course, that you know that follow up the same the same path, but everything release related is gonna happen in the release branch. Because then uh, at the end of the release, we're going to merge release back into master to, to reflect all the changes that happened in that branch. So uh, once we, are, we have a green build and we are ready to, to generate an APK, we just push a button. And this happens on the CI. We, d- we don't have any contact with any, any third party framework or, or site or whatever. It's just like everything is integrated there and it's an, in a very graphical and easy way.
2: But yes oh, nice.
1: yeah again it took it took us like some time to to evolve our our CI pipeline. So once we we have our APK ready to be tested before shipping to beta what we do is like we do regression testing. So we use a tool that is called Testroid that is gonna because our acceptance tests run on on Nexus 5 devices. And then we have uh, before each release, we pay a service that is called Testroid that is going to execute all the acceptance tests, but in different devices, like let's say tablets and older devices and so forth. And we do some regression testing again, which consists of all of us, you know, all uh, the entire uh, team just spending a couple of hours testing a bunch of things manually, just two hours. We, we don't want to spend more than that. And we go through. We assign ourselves to uh, a list that we have a checklist, and we test it manually. And once we we give uh, like the release captain green light, the release captain is gonna say, "All right, um, we're shipping uh, beta this Friday." And so we ship. Never, never roll out on Friday, <laughs> but for the beta, <laughs> but for the beta, it's fine. So uh, we have the beta. We have the beta. Um, a few days there, frozen, and and we see we check you know um, Crashlytics and fabric in this case, and see you know if we have like some regressions or if there's big issues. Uh, in case there are some issues, we just fix them and we just stop the rollout because we we still are in beta, and we stop the rollout, and we fix that in release branch and we regenerate the beta. But again, it's so easy because it's just like about pushing a button on our CI. And basically, if everything is fine, we we have good feedback and there are no big issues, we just flip another switch on the CI that's gonna roll out to Google Play at a 1%. So you can imagine that we have around 130 million downloads, of our Android app, so one percent, just it's it's already like a, a <laughs> like pretty a city decent somewhere. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's a pretty decent number of users, and and after a couple of days, we roll out to five percent, and we constantly review Fabric and and get feedback, of course, and, and and crash reports and so forth, and once we we say all right, uh, the release is it's stable uh, let's roll out to 100% and we basically do that and that's it's, it's a, if you think about it probably I talk a lot but it's a pretty simple process but you have to be strict if you are strict with that it doesn't require a lot of time back in the days you know when I when I joined SoundCloud that I mentioned that I made this mistake there were a lot of manual steps so that's why uh, I screw it up uh, to be honest uh, but nowadays it's like there's been all this evolution of our pipeline, which you know makes uh, our life easier. Uh, it's it's so easy to be release captain. Of course, you know you run into certain certain situations. Sometimes you have to make you know decisions as, as a release captain. You have to make the decision of like to stop the release or to continue with the release if there is a uh, I don't know a critical issue. Of course, you can ask around and people will help you a lot. But the thing is like it's it's very easy nowadays and and our code base as as I said, it's 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 pretty healthy. and I think we're we're pretty uh, pretty happy with it. but again we we we' still like constantly improving it. so that's that's pretty much what we do. And if you have any questions or want me to go deeper into a certain point, just like, yeah
2: ask. Oh, that sounds really good. So I think the important point to point here out is that thanks to CI, the most of these steps can be done automatically. So do you have some kind of number of percentage? How many things will be covered by CI, as you have already described? And how much do you have to do manually?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think uh, it's pretty much uh, everything is covered because, I I mean, we have... um, and, and on our CI, which is like each button is so uh, easy to read, and you say, "All right, deploy to beta, roll out one percent, uh, roll out five percent, whatever." But but still, we we are keeping the the manual steps like. For instance, doing regression tests, I think that it's it's super important to do a last check. Of course, we we usually you know as I usually like to say we're not users, we're developers, and sometimes wrongly we consider ourselves uh, users. But I think it's it's super important to to do um, a lot of a lot of uh, not a lot, but uh, some manual testing, and and this is this goes along with with our alpha internal program, which is. Again, it's about, like, people using our app. For instance, doing dog fooding, you know, which is about, like, try your own food. And, um, and in this case, we, we do use our, our app all the time. And, 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 yeah, and people, of course, are, are committed to that. But, you know, we did, all these things are lessons uh, learned from the past, right? We didn't have a mature CI. We made mistakes, as everyone does. And then the thing is like to have retrospectives and 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 a continuous improvement mentality and just like go over those difficulties and, and get them better, you know.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> so so you you guys have uh, like a CI uh, CI pipeline too? How does that work from your side?
2: Oh, Adam, that should you two on because I've heard that you are dockerizing a lot in your CI environment, right?
0: Okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, so Ooh. my philosophy against CI is that I want to be able to change CI server as easy as possible. And the reason for that is that basically Jenkinson free is free, but... Uh, it's not very great for many reasons <laughs> and other solutions are they paid but they are yeah. better and we we recently jumped uh, from team city to jenkins for more scalability without having to pay for it but mm-hmm. i'm actually thinking about jumping back to team city <laughs> because it's better yeah. and so on and so on it it, it just every time because basically you know there is a ticket in Jenkins issue I, I, uh, first of all I'm I want to say thanks to every developer of Jenkins it's great that we can yes. have it okay it's it's really great and thank you for doing your work uh, so uh, <laughs> the thing <laughs> is that there is a ticket in Jenkins issue list from like 2006 or 2007 like oh, you wow. know it's called something like you know there is in Ajax and a- Ajax, I don't know how it's called. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in browsers you can actually do things without refreshing whole page. Oh, <laughs> for okay. example, if I'm viewing a Jenkins page, which I do have in my it tab in browser, because it's important to keep it to view what's going on on it, and from time to time, I every time I have to refresh the page because uh, the things it's showing are very outdated and so on. And another problem with Jenkins I found is that the more plugins you have, the more problems you're going to have because they're going to conflict with uh, Jenkins updates and between each other, they may have same dependencies, it's Java, they're running in one JVM, so If they need different versions of some libraries, you're going to have problems and and so on and so on. So my current CI philosophy and setup is that, for example, uploading to Slack, you mentioned that, do we have a plugin for that? No, we don't. We are doing it through stupid bash script. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the thing is that our CI, build jobs, they don't have hard-coded, you know, like something like uh, Gradle W clean build uh, upload to Slack or something like this. They just do bash CI folder slash dev branch or pull request dot sh. And the idea here is that all build setup is under version control in our project. Uh, So it's basically for this time it's bash scripts, but we can move to Python or something like this. Mm -hmm. And the idea here is that uh, your CI setup is under version control and on the different branches, you may experiment a little bit and you don't have to change anything on CI to do so. You can just change build script and in that exact branch and that exact commit, it will be different and it will be okay for CI. So for example, I did added slack uploading without needing to do almost anything on CI just enable like, it's I only pass like feature flags as environment variables to the script, like, Hey, your script, please upload to the slack upload to slack equals true. But it doesn't know how is that implemented or something. So that's, that's my approach to CI. So everything is under version control, I can build all CI jobs on my machine locally, just we are running those scripts from our CI folder in the project. So if for some reason, you know, Amazon is down and whole internet is down, <laughs> we still can ship everything <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's okay. there in the project.
2: Yeah. Uh, let me ask a follow-up question. Um, maybe I, I will ask Artem, but I guess uh, that Fernando will answer. <laughs> yeah. Because Artem, you said that you... Your um, CI setup is uh, under version control. Mm-hmm. So at SoundCloud, Fernando, you have multiple apps, and yep. I guess they have dependencies or, to a sh- yeah, dependencies to each other to a common shared library. Yep. Um, how is that managed in your build process on Artem? Do you see any problem with your setup if you would have such a shared library if it's in one, or it, if it's restricted to one um, repository? The the, the environment. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, basically, yeah. In our case, yeah, we have our listeners and our creators app, which is called Pulse. And uh, of course, there's shared code. We we have something that originally we uh, named Android Kit. <laughs> so, so it's it's no more than than a library where we put all the you know the share stuff, things that we we share across both apps. Um, this this has its own CI job, of course, and and that's the way we we, we share code. Of course, we have uh, and other other libraries that we develop. A couple of them, were uh, open source, but others are still in develop under development internally. Uh, we're of course considering to open source them, and 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 yeah, of course it's it's a separate project, but still, uh, just like to to give uh, to to raise probably a discussion, or maybe it's for another another podcast or whatever. Uh, we're, we're considering actually to try uh, React Native too. Uh, I think oh, iOS no. has been. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to 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 raise there. Yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. No, but it's it's about more like sharing code across it, the apps, and and we are basically we try to like keep consistency consistency between both apps. So we run the same checks, of course, in both apps. Uh, even though sometimes, uh, since the creators app it's newer, they're using, for instance, new libraries like. They are using Dagger 2, and we are just migrating to Dagger 2 now. The listeners app and, and things like that. Uh, but yeah, we basically relied on this Android kit I, I I talk about.
2: Yeah, and if it's built or if it will be built on a new version on the on the CI, will then the the regular SoundCloud app updated and built again um, with the new version of the new uh, app? Uh, what was it called, the library, the kit? Yeah, the Android, Android kit? You.
1: Yes. So so basically, yeah, when we decided that we have something to introduce to Android kit, because this was basically extracted from from the listeners app when we started uh, developing the our creators app, we had like a lot of code that we wanted to reuse in the other app. And so we said, all right, let's extract this to this um library and then we will be able to reuse it, right? So when we generate a new version of this library, we basically update both apps and we run all the checks and all the, the tests uh, again, you know, against both apps, you know, with a new version of this library. And that happens whenever we update, we upgrade any library. So to make sure that we don't break anything, of course.
2: But so do you have to increment the build number in your SoundCloud app manually or is it part of the CI?
1: No, no, no. Uh, for now, we are doing it manually. Um, okay. Yes, so it's, it's not a, a big deal. But that's another thing because these kind of things that we don't only have uh, feature teams but uh, also a core team, which main responsibility is to maintain you know, everything uh, related to infrastructure and cross cutting concerns like dependency injection data layers and um, updating and bumping uh, libraries in, in in the apps so so that's that's something that uh, we needed to do in the past and it was at some point responsibility of like each feature team or but that never happened you know <laughs> so in the end we decided to Break down our team organization and create this uh, core clients team, which is basically um, yeah what what I mentioned about like maintaining all these kind of things and, and not working on on user facing features. It's more about to facilitate other developers' life by I don't know working on internal projects and mostly I don't know killing uh, technical debt and you know it has. I mean, I'm part of that, uh, of that team, actually. I'm working on that. I just jumped to this core team because of that. I was more interested in, in cross-cutting concerns and architecture and, and not, you know, fighting against Android, you know. Uh, I've been doing that for a long time, so it's time to, to, to work uh, closer to, to more architectural stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, okay. Great, yeah. We, so, so what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, what about what about you or Tim? Uh, so we have
0: pretty similar situation. We have two apps. One is a driver, and second one is a rider.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we are actually now hitting this point when we think that we need to share something, and uh, the conclusion was to. To basically apply same approach as you apply to external dependencies. So, first of all, we've deployed Artifactory, which is which can work as you know Maven repository. So mm-hmm. we now get all our dependencies, I mean external ones, uh, through Artifactory. Okay. So, if for some reason JCenter or Maven Center or both of them will lay down, we will still be able to build from scratch. Until our art factory is running, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the idea here was to, to be able to deploy to this Maven repo, mm-hmm. our internal libraries, and maintain their versioning as the same you maintain them for external libraries. So just release new version and, you know, open a pull request for each app to update them. Because sometimes you some of the project, like, you know, driver or rider, they may not have... Uh, time to to do the upgrade right now, so we can we can postpone that to a couple of days or something. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why we are not going to do this automatically. For example, you can do it through Gradle. We are putting like plus sign in, mm-hmm. in the version. Don't do this ever. <laughs> that that totally kills reproducibility. <laughs> no repro- oh, shit. reproducibility of the build, which is yeah. very important. So yeah, that's, that's how we managing and going to manage sharing libraries across the project.
1: Yeah, yeah just to build on what you mentioned, is like we we have the same. We have an Nexus server that acts as um, as a like Maven repository mm-hmm. uh, for internal development and deployment. And we basically yeah, we're caching all the all the, the dependencies there, and we just like uh, our our app is by by this Nexus server and I was wondering like if you Hannes this is more for you like are you guys using some kind of similar approach or how do you deal with uh, co-sharing uh, or do, do, do you deal with this
2: yeah um, we have a quite similar setup um, we have multiple apps depending on the same shared library and we have the a Jenkins server, Nexus repository, providing us Maven, Maven alike artifacts built through Gradle. So sounds pretty the same as you at SoundCloud mm. do, but we are not very happy with um, our big library because yeah. we caught ourselves um, coding more in the library instead of the <laughs> uh, depending apps apps. Mm. And, yeah we have a problem that if we commit something to the library, we may break uh, one one of those apps depending on that, and that's the reason why I asked because uh, yeah. why I asked you for how you are dealing with that kind of problem so I mean we do some c i. testing of course too, and automatically increment the version number for each app and then we get notified which app will be um, <laughs> or may be broken by that <laughs> commit to the shared library um, I mean yeah. It's not that, a good situation.
1: You no, know, that that problem sounds very familiar to me because uh, usually, you know, when we have to make a decision uh, whether or not some sometime something goes to the to the shared library, it's just like uh, this discussion around. Sometimes uh, I consider that having a little bit of like copy uh, duplicated code is a good thing uh, because you don't want your library to be to like. Grow a lot because you end up like importing the library on a project that only uses I don't know ten percent of it, right? And yeah. and and that's that's a big problem for us too. And and that's why we decided. All right, we are going to strike the basics. And there's of course there's some duplication, but I think in a very healthy uh, way.
2: Yeah, I've written a blog post some time ago how we deal, or we are still in the in the migration uh, part, but how we have planned to deal with that so we have removed this library kind of we only have some common UI library but of course the apps right now are depending on this legacy library um, for some time and will do for some time but we know how to get rid of them so maybe self-promotion here we could put a link to the blog post (laughs) if you're interested and dear listener you should read that it's not the way but I would (laughs) need to deal with that uh, situation Uh, uh, uh,
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to it too. I get the hands dirty there. <laughs> refactor, refactor. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, cool. Hans, do you have ads
0: on that web page? Sorry? Do you have some advertisement on that web page?
2: Um, I should do so. Yeah, you should. Okay. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But unfortunately. now I will start promoting the context with some advertisement banner there. Okay. Yeah. So, well,
0: looks it. like <laughs> I don't know. We can split it to three parts. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I also think we should simply continue, but maybe um, we should cut some parts and reorder some parts a little bit um, to do yeah. parts. If it's possible, not sure if it it makes sense. But for, I could imagine we could make three episodes with. Um, one with the philosophical uh, beginning as we had <laughs> and with some team organizations, stuff like uh, Release Sheriff and uh, Release Captain and so on. So what do you think? Yeah, and I,
1: and I would definitely like to to give you guys some some feedback, maybe to the listeners too. Like sometimes there is a lot of questions there that we don't answer and, and the audience might be interested in. So uh, I, I wouldn't have any problems that if you like uh, any listener just raise any question to be back here and, and, and answer. I think, I mean, we really had a, a very nice discussion here and then uh, yeah. I got, yeah, it was a, and I'm feeling very comfortable too. So that's why I'm offering myself to get back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's very valuable too.
0: Okay. I, I'm, I'm open for that, but not for the ordinary things. Okay. I Okay. Yeah. It was pretty nice flow <laughs> of the discussion. Let's yeah. just, just cut it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I was just um, yeah, I was just wondering if we could maybe uh, I don't know talk 5 minutes about UI testing in a row or something like that and or how the pipeline exactly look or how because now we are jumping from uh, I don't know from um, UI testing scratching that a little bit to um Releasing stuff, and then I don't know. We may come back to leak can leak uh, canary or something like that, uh, or static code analysis, or test coverage, or something like that. Uh, yeah.
1: Yes, right. I, I think this 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 was very randomly. You know, uh, it was like. Oh, a it's a good thing. In- yeah, a- it is, yeah, it is. That's great,
0: it actually.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I was just wondering if we could. Maybe reorder some parts, but I guess Artem is right that it's it's better to have the flow or let the flow as it is.
1: I mean, I have no problems, and even if you guys want me to participate and one more time or ask any other questions, or like you want, you're curious about all the things that usually they don't come to your mind, you know, in these kind of situations, and then, you know, two days later you said, Oh, God, man, I should have asked this <laughs> and that. Or, Very or like, true. Or, <laughs> yes. Or it's the same from my side, oh man, I should have, you know, explained this in a better way and so forth, but yeah, I'm up for, for that, just like uh, you can count on me to to help you guys out. That's great. And
0: and let's collect uh, user feedback and see what they want to know in details yeah. about our discussion. Yeah. Okay, great. Absolutely. So, so where should we continue now? Uh, I don't know. I'm
1: pretty tired. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, what about so you it's, guys? It's been it's been almost like uh one hour and forty five minutes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Great. Uh, super nice. <laughs> super nice.
0: <laughs> so let's finish the episode, I guess. And okay. yeah. Just chat a little bit after it and plan cool. another recording in some near future. Okay?
2: Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Sure.
0: Okay. So Listeners, thank you very much for listening to this point. We've decided to invite Fernando again. So please do ask questions you would like to ask him to. Okay. You would like to shit. You would (laughs) like him to answer. Okay. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, if you want to know something in detail, about something Fernando does at SoundCloud or somewhere else, please do ask him. He also is author of pretty famous project on GitHub which called Clean Architecture? Architecture Clean? Clean something, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) So if you have questions regarding this topic, I think Fernando will be happy to answer them, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very up for that and, and everything. Not about only about processes, but you know, code and things that we we can improve. You know, in our day to day life as developers. So, so glad to, to cooperate with that.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely check his blog because he's posting a lot of good stuff there. So what's the URL of Fernando?
1: Uh, it's uh, uh thank you for uh, for for your words and yeah, what a long Fernand... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, <laughs> and the blog is uh, fernandocejas uh, I, t- I try to keep it up to date. Sometimes you know it takes some more time, but uh, yeah, I write when I when I find something that it's interesting, I consider it interesting.
0: Yeah, episode with, about architecture would be great because you're basically, I guess, two. Most well-known Android developers who write about architecture.
1: Oh well, yeah. I didn't and know that.
0: I'm the guy who basically says no patterns. <laughs> 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 that would be good discussion.
1: Oh, of course, man. I, I usually say that uh, these kind of things, you know, architecture-related, are very opinionated. It's just about like you know sharing. What you have, and then get input, you know, in order to learn, because there is no silver bullets, right? In the end, not, there's no uh, like a solution that applies to all the problems, and so, and yeah, yeah, that's it, basically.
2: <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So, listeners, please open Fernando's website, which is words dot, I guess, and please do send us some feedback about this i guess two episodes we will probably cut them so yeah thank you for listening thank you fernando for joining us it was wonderful thank you thank you thank you and hannes thank you too
2: thank you
1: yeah let me let me just like yeah say thanks to you guys for this opportunity it was very funny and very constructive session looking forward to repeat <laughs> to repeat <laughs> every time yeah every time why not
2: <laughs> yeah cool. thank so, you guys thanks for joining us
0: all right i'm stopping recording